What happens when a popular rock radio DJ retires, sells everything, and with his wife, takes off in an RV to see America? Ho, ho, ho! It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Join them each week as they share their experiences while giving you advice and tips along the way. I'm Jeff Kinsbach. Hi, and I'm Patty Kinsbach. You know, we started our journey traveling around America and living in our RV about three years ago. Almost three years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And about five months after we started, our good friends Jim and Melinda Mantell started their journey as well. Yep. They lived in North Carolina. Jim was on the radio at the same time I was. He was playing country western music on WGAR and I was playing rock music on WMMS. In Cleveland, Ohio. We've known each other for well over 40 years. Yeah. And we're really good friends. We've Mm -hmm. Met up with them along the way how many times? Oh, a number of times. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's always good times. Yeah. And that's the way it is, you yeah. know. We could always call them if we had an issue, and they would call us if they had a problem as well. Oh, no, they usually called us telling us about the stuff that would happen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, my God. Gosh, they, they had a lot of crazy things happen to them. Oh my gosh. How many podcasts have they been on? Well, let's see. We interviewed them on podcast number 12, 13, and 14, mm-hmm. and then number 50 and number 74. Wow. Yeah. And it was just funny the things that happened to them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing is they have accomplished one of their goals. They had yeah. two goals when they started this, mm-hmm. and they're here right now with us, and they're going to tell you what they've accomplished and they're also going to tell you that they're not going to be doing this anymore yeah one of their goals was to find the place, place to live where and they, they want found to live. it and mm-hmm. they did yeah. yeah and they've got some great advice towards the end so stay tuned wait till you hear that yeah let's hear what they have to say right jim and melinda Welcome to our podcast. Good to be back. Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you, it's fun to see you guys. It's kind of sad because you're going to be leaving the road. You're not going to do this anymore. Going to be living in a house. Yeah. I can see the smile on Melinda's face. (laughs) But what we've learned is from the last house we own and then doing this is we don't need a big house. Right. Mm -hmm. We, you know, like 11, 12, 1300, I think we're between 12 and 1300 square feet. It's going to feel enormous. Oh, like, yeah. You can play yeah. basketball in that thing. Yeah, right. that would be perfect. Perfect size. Compared uh-huh. to living in an RV. Yes. 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 Well, you've been doing this for two and a half years, going on three years. What are your thoughts? Was it a good decision to do this, to sell your Was house? Was it worth it? Yeah. I think so. I, You know, there's, there's so much out there to see. And we, you know, obviously everybody knows about Yellowstone. Everybody knows about Yosemite. Everybody knows about the Grand Canyon. It's the things that we didn't know that mm-hmm. we found and saw that were just amazing. I mean, to you know, stand on the Oregon coast and watch whales, to go out on a boat and watch whales, to see the Black Canyon of the Gunnison, Pinnacles National Park, which we'd never heard of until we drove by it and saw the sign. It's like, wow. what's that? Mm-hmm. And we went back and it was amazing. So, you know, from that standpoint, it's, it's an amazing country. And of, and of course, being the cynic that I am, all I can think about is, you know, what do we miss? Mm-hmm. You know, we saw all kinds of great yeah. stuff in Utah, but certainly we didn't see it all. Right. right. So, you know, there, there's that part of it. But, yeah, it's just to know what all's out there and to have the the idea anyway to continue, uh, even though we're going to get rid of the RV because they just don't store well, in, in my opinion, but to rent one mm-hmm. and, you know, take off for a month, month and a half, two months during the summer when Florida's not exactly the 
most desirable place to be. <laughs> right. And, you know, and go see some stuff that we haven't seen. You know, mm-hmm. never been to Minnesota yet. I think we're going to be five states short yeah, when we finish of, the of, trip of okay. not. And two of them we drove through. And Jim wouldn't let me put him on the map because we didn't sleep there. She wanted, she wanted, right. she wanted to take a nap too. in Oklahoma so yeah. that it would count. I said, no, that doesn't count. <laughs> I know. We're the same way. Yeah. We have to sleep there. Yeah. yeah. I really want to get to Alaska. I don't know if we will or not, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I really want to really want to go to Alaska. Well, our friends at uh, RV Love went to Alaska, and they thought they would take the pressure off their equipment, and they went to Seattle and they found a last-minute cruise that was dirt cheap one way. And that's how they did Alaska. They rented a car. They oh. had an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, like you guys did in uh, up up east, is you can ferry up to Alaska with your RV mm-hmm. right. and then yep, drive it that back. Too. Yeah. I, I do have a friend. In fact, he did some work on my RV. That's another story. While we're here, who's a certified mobile tech who wants to go to Alaska too? And he said, "Hey, you put the trip together. I'll be the RV tech oh, and I'll take care then. of all." Yeah. Oh, nice. So, so well, yeah, I'll go. So, I want a caravan. I want to yeah. be where there's other people. I don't yeah. want to drive that myself. You know, I think that's a real doable idea yeah i mean you got traveling robert you got all these people Mm -hmm. we have some friends that uh, went up to alaska this year as well they drove up and they they said you have to do this this is fantastic that's what everybody says well and the other thing i've heard from talking to people who've done it you know because you always heard horror stories of people who did it like 15 20 years ago and they said the roads are much improved Mm -hmm. that you know it's still not like you know driving across you know iowa on a turnpike or anything but it's not as dangerous and disastrous. You know, you don't have to carry all kinds of fuel with you and stuff like you did in, in days gone by, that it's it's gotten better. So, I mean, once you're there, it's great. It's You know, it's the getting there that's always been the problem. Yep, and, exactly. Uh, I think and I understand it's not it. as bad. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. we should start some planning then, for next summer. Especially if you have a mobile tech in there. Absolutely. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, right. we'll rent one and all meat and be a lot of fun yeah mm-hmm. this is a tough question to ask you know most people say where's the favorite place oh. you've been but what are some of your top destinations that you hit and you'll remember forever i yeah. think it's uh, not necessarily destinations i think it's the things we've done mm-hmm. like rock hounding in delta utah in the middle of the night in the pitch black dark. Oh I mean, I would never, what? never. We, we were convinced we were taken out there yeah. to be murdered. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, like, even when we first started kayaking down some river, who mm. knows? I mean, all my states look alike now. But there was this huge natural spring, huge, deep down in the ground. And, like, I jumped in it. And I could see fish. And I don't do stuff like that. So I think our boundaries got changed Mm -hmm. you know overdoing this trying things that we never would have done before um, going places and you know just seeing things I love the fact that you know our kids traveled a lot when they were younger and did a lot through high school and I always remember seeing things on tv and they go oh I've been there I've been there (laughs) and it's kind of fun now to see something go oh I've been there you know just to kind of like expand it but I think my favorite, favorite thing is that you don't have to leave the United States. Right. Mm-hmm. It is so vast. Mm-hmm. There is so much. And lucky for us, we've met wonderful people along the way. It was a very safe couple years. Right. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we never felt in danger. You know, you, you hear stories all the time, but we never, and obviously, you know, being aware of where you are and where you're going and, and paying attention is a big part of that but uh 
Yeah, our RV people are, you know, I, I always thought the people who rode motorcycles were really, really friendly people. And I would put RV people right up there with mm-hmm. them. And if you've got a problem, they'll help you fix it. What about memberships? We all get into these memberships. Which ones benefited you guys the most? What would you recommend to people who are going to start doing this? We don't have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we joined Thousand Trails, and that saved us, uh, I don't know how many thousands of yeah, dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, and, and Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome have both paid off. And we don't use, I see a lot of people who want to use Harvest Host as a cheap way to camp across the country. Mm-hmm. And it's not that. Um, we we've gone to places for the experiences that that they offer, whether it's you know an airboat ride and through alligator country or ostrich farm, ostrich yeah, uh, different ranches and wineries and stuff like that. Uh, John distilleries. Schneider's place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you know you you use that for experiences and for a convenience stop. Yeah, but and we've never made our twenty dollars. No, it's you know, always they been. They suggest at the Harvest Host, it's usually at a business for people that don't know what it is, and you can either park in their parking lot or behind it, but it's usually wineries or some type of thing that there are tours, and the idea is that you'll spend at least $20 and, and you know, help them out and stuff as a thank you. Well, we've never just spent twenty dollars. Sometimes think there's only a couple of places we've gotten out for under a hundred. <laughs> Everything else has been over a hundred bucks. Yeah, because yeah, right. you you know you want to experience it yes. and, and do it. So I mean, it's not a cheap way, right? You know, but yeah, that makes it's sense. fun. Well, Patty had a stop at a brewery outside of uh, it was a microbrewery outside of Nashville. We spent the night there. Thought, okay, let's go over and get a beer. Oh. This is really good beer. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Now I can tell yeah. you what happened next. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We, we haven't found too many places that had bad beer. Right. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, we found some some farms that had fantastic meat and oh produce. Oh my gosh! Some yeah. of the butchers. So you know, we we oh. don't use it for a cheap way to. I, I know people try and plan their trip so mm-hmm. that they stay at you know five or six harvest hosts so they don't have to pay campground fees and. That's not what it's for, at least in my opinion. I, I think you go there for the experience of whatever they have to offer. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of that so you can say, yeah, I've done that. Mm-hmm. And we've even not revisited them, but called them back for more things. Like I got an ostrich feather duster and Jim fell in love with the ostrich oil and we've reordered ostrich oil online from them. What yeah. do you do with the ostrich you, oil? Hand, hand, hand lotion. Hand oh. lotion. They, they said, and I have to take their word for it because I don't know anything about ostriches other than, other than I can't outrun one is that it's the closest thing to human skin oil. Wow. And so you, you don't have to put much of it on your hand, and you rub it in there, and if you use it, you, know, you get into the winter months and stuff, and you use it regularly, it's amazing. And it's not greasy. You know, like after you put lotion on it and then you try to drive? No, it like absorbs oh. right. They use it for burn victims. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it, so it's really amazing. So I've got two or three bottles yeah. of it floating around the RV. We've, we've done that. Well, so it's been fun. When you're in the Southwest, people don't realize... You get real dry skin. Oh, oh. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. you In the do. winter? Oh, oh my man. gosh. Yeah, so different. Yep. And the changing scenery is one thing, but the changing temperature and the air quality, I mean, with allergies and stuff, it's been amazing to me to see the different places. You know, you'll be fine, and then you move to another state, and you sneeze your brains out, or mm-hmm. you're congested, and then you're dry, and then you're hot. and. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is a lot, a lot well, of different changes. I mean, yeah. I remember driving up the uh, the East Coast, 
and coming into South and North Carolina when the trees get oh, the pollen. The pollen. And you can see it in the air. The oh. yellow. Oh, it yeah. drifts like snow. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. It is. And, and what the old timers told me and when we lived in eastern North Carolina was it's not the pine pollen that gets you. You can see that. That Most people aren't allergic to that. It's the hardwood pollen that you can't see that's out there at the same time. Oh, no kidding. So people freak out at the at the pine pollen, but it's not that's not what attacks you. Okay, so let's see. What about your least favorite destinations? This, this is not going to go well in the RV community. I don't get quartzite. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Now, right. I i mean, if, if you like to ride four-wheelers in the desert, that's heaven. Yeah. Right. But that's not us. And it just looks like a bunch of people came in at about 60 miles an hour, locked up their brakes, and set up camp wherever they happened to slide to a stop. Yeah. It, it, it just looked like complete mayhem. It's a good way to describe it. And that's it. not, you know, we, we drove by it a couple of times. It's like, I'm just going to go about five miles an hour faster to get the heck out of here. It just, it just, it didn't appeal to, I don't think it appealed to either one of us. No. And I know you guys went there mm-hmm. uh, to the RV show, which I guess is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. really a good show. Yeah. It, it really uh-huh. is a very nice show. But, you know, we have some neighbors when we went past Quartzsite and we went up to Colorado River and, and we stayed in a camp there. And they had just come from Quartzsite and they had been traveling in an RV for like 20 years and they warned us not to go there anymore. They said there's a lot of theft, there's a lot of homeless, there's a lot of undesirables. Yeah. So maybe that's a heads up. Maybe Quartzsite has worn out its welcome about right. Well, you know, too so, many people know about yeah, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so many places have changed. You know, as you travel around, you you see some cities that used to be fantastic that are now like. I, I had driven to San Francisco three times when we were in Northern California, and I, if I never go back there, no, I won't either. Yeah. yeah, and we went to I think it was Golden Gate Park. Yes, yes, and we got out of the car, and people said, "Where are you going?" Did I, you see the signs that said "Lock up your vehicle and well, don't take leave it, any it, valuables"? These yeah. these people told us your car will get broken into. If you go up there, yeah. uh, one of you stay behind. But and sure enough, there was glass. Glass all over. Everywhere. In the parking lot where yeah. you park. Yeah. 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 And that's a shame because that is such a majestic view when you stand over there and look back over the Golden Gate Bridge at San Francisco, ah. which is the opening to, I don't know, that, that's where they shot more TV show right. openings. That, that view from that park back to San Francisco from... Uh, Uncle Joey and uh, Danny Tanner, Full House. Yeah, everybody's seen that. And when you get there, you go, "Oh my God, I've seen this a million times and never knew where it was." I mean, you knew it was the Golden Gate Bridge, obviously. Right. Yeah. That, that that's just beautiful, but it's you know. Pfft. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. What about crazy things that have happened? How long do we have? Oh, <laughs> you don't have time. Well, we we've told the story about the uh, the black tank backup. Yes. Well, just recently, so we got here and we've been having some problems when we boondock. Mm-hmm. I would have to run the generator more than I probably should have, and then by the morning our batteries were dead. And so I figured I had a dead house battery. And while I could probably figure that out because I do have a voltmeter and stuff, I just when when there's that many batteries wired in series, I probably ought to let somebody who knows what they're doing look at it. Right. And uh, lesson number one, uh, don't believe everything you're told. Because when we bought the RV, they said your house batteries are all sealed batteries. So I took it over to my friend who's the mobile tech and said, you know, this, this is one of the problems I'm having. And uh, so we opened up the battery tray. And that's when I realized that they weren't sealed batteries. No kidding. And so we'd had that thing since, what, April of last year. Right. I'd never looked at the batteries. I'd never put water in them. Now, we had six house batteries. Two of them were under the hood. And I saw that they... 
needed water. So mm-hmm. I put water in those, which and that should have been a red flag too, because you're not supposed to mix sealed and non-sealed batteries. That makes sense. So I, I should have at that point gone, wait a minute, I need to go look at my other house battery. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. I just believed that they were sealed batteries. So right. I just I just replaced four of my six house batteries. Ouch. Yeah. How dry were they? He said they are drier than desert sand. Oh! <laughs> oh, 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 man. Well, Oopsie. That's the thing. You've got to be careful when you buy yeah. these things. Yeah. yeah. You I, know, mean, and I, I mean, that, that's my fault. I, I know better. You know, I'm, I'm pretty mechanically inclined. I've done a lot of car work, and, you know, I, I can fix most anything on the RV and, until I get into things that are over my pay grade or, or that I'm just not comfortable because I haven't worked on them in so long. And that was one of them. But I, I know better. I should have I should have looked. Mm-hmm. It's a little tray that pulls out. It's not hard. Yeah. Well, when I go to sell this, I'm going to say, uh, we got lithium batteries. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just don't look. Just don't look. <laughs> right. Just don't look. I remember you got stuck in the sand. We got yeah. stuck in the sand. Yeah, we, we both managed to do that. That's not we, fun. Both of our refrigerators have flown out while right. we're driving. Yeah. yeah. I have, yeah. I've only gotten in one situation where I had to disconnect the car in the middle of the road. Oh. The uh, middle of the road? Well, because we were following the signs, mm-hmm. and the sign said, if you're going to such and such, turn left here. And so we did. And obviously, we misread the sign. But anyway. It said, we, do not turn. We, we know more than when. I don't know, a half a mile, and I come to a bridge that's like 10 foot six. Oh. It was a covered bridge. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, the old, pretty yeah. covered bridges? So now I have to turn around. Well, there's a there's a side street right there, and I think if I make a wide enough turn, I can make a U-turn right here. And I couldn't. Yeah. So now I've got the side street completely blocked and the other road completely blocked that goes to the bridge. So I've got two roads completely blocked, and I'm out there trying to disconnect the car. Oh yeah, that was the, that was the only. I, I can't think of a worse way to do it. But we were like a NASCAR pit crew. We were out fast. Oh yeah, yeah. But to the people who were sitting there waiting, I don't think it was that fast. No, no. <laughs> time, I just kept pointing time, at Jim, going, "His fault, his fault." Right. And they were all laughing. Time moved a lot slower for those people yeah. than it did for us. I remember sure. that that happened to us. I told Jeff to turn, make a U-turn. She goes, on a divided highway. Make a U-turn. Right here. Right here. <laughs> yeah. And he well, like proceeded an idiot, to do I that. did. And there's no way you can yeah. do that with a 38-foot right. motorhome pulling yeah. a car. It's right. just impossible. So, and, yeah, and, we totally And for people blocked. who don't know, when you're pulling these things, with the tow mechanism you have, you cannot back up. You can't even back up two inches no, you or you'll can. damage the whole mechanism. Yeah. Right? They're very expensive to replace. So, yeah. you can't back up. No. And, uh, oh, I'll tell you, the truckers are so mad. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot. I mean, we, we had some dumb stuff happen, like the time that we couldn't get our slides to open. Mm-hmm. And we, we tried everything. I was on the phone with a dealer. On this RV? Uh, no, it was on the first the, one. The first one, yeah. uh, okay. And, and it, we, we were at a harvest host. We, we spent uh-huh. like an hour trying to get the slides out, and it turned out, we still had the car connected. I remember that. Yeah, oh. and so as soon as I unplugged the, uh, the the cord for the lights to the to the tow vehicle, everything worked because there's a safety in there that when the engine's running or, or whatever, and because we were still drawing power from the battery, it wouldn't let the, the slides come out. It was a safety issue. And as that soon as I sense. disconnected the car, everything worked fine. Yeah. Oh, my God. But well, that was an hour and a half of, yeah. oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, what's going to, oh, my God, we can't, oh, my, oh. Because, you know, every time you push the button for the slide to go in or out... You hold your breath. You do. You know, because it's like, oh, man, this would be one of the worst problems to have. Yeah. In my mind, I kept going, this is a simple problem. There's a simple answer to this. 
every system just doesn't shut down on its own. I just have to figure out what it is. So and it was her who finally said, does, does having the car hooked up have anything to do with it? I said, at this point, I don't know. So I went out and, then, and of course, so oh she was right. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, hate when that happens. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we had a similar issue to where our steps wouldn't come in one time. And I know you went through that and ended up laying in a puddle doing electrical work, which is always a good combination. And we smashed ours up. Yeah, Yeah, well, it it turns out that that there's there's a little tiny magnet that goes down to the bottom of your screen door that matches up with a plate on the screen door. So when it's closed, the steps come in. The steps work off of that knowing that the door is closed. Well, that little magnet came loose from the side of the RV and was pushed away about Probably an inch away sweeping. from the door. Uh-huh. You know how well, we sweep those steps? Yeah. Honestly, honestly, our daughter had just been there with her dog. Oh. And so it's easier to blame the dog. Oh. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. But I, that's that's probably really what happened was the dog, you know, running out of the RV, bumped it. And uh, so all I had to do was put that back in place. But, you know, that was another, oh, my God, the steps are out. You know, I'm driving someplace. Your steps are out. Your steps are out. Like, <laughs> I know. Again, there's got to be a simple answer to this. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me find it. You just have to stop that panic motion. Exactly. To, to start going through, like, your checklist of what could it be, what could it be, what could it be, and... The other funny thing I remember is when we were in, again, who knows where we were, and the Jeep wouldn't start. That was out west. And it happened to be a dead battery, but to jump the Jeep... You had to pull the RV up to the Jeep. Right. Well, they couldn't turn the Jeep around. It was one of those moments. And that's that's another, going back to the first problem we had with the slides, and I'm convinced this is what happened. So we were towing the Jeep, and we were out in... Where do they have? It was out in like Oregon, where they have great wines, mm-hmm. and I, I think it was Oregon. And we we went two nights mm-hmm. harvest hosting or boondocking in one way or another. And because we parked on the street by the winery, we didn't disconnect the Jeep. Well, what I didn't think of is you've got that auxiliary brake, the Blue Ox brake, plugged in, pulling right. twelve volts, right? And you also have the the mechanism that actually activates the brake, which is also twelve volts. So you're constantly pulling voltage from your battery. That makes sense. And I'm convinced that that's why the Jeep battery went dead was that we never disconnected the Blue Ox and we never disconnected the Jeep from the for, for basically for 48 hours. And that's like leaving your It's like leaving your headlights on for 48 right. hours. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we pull up in the street in front of our site, disconnect, mm-hmm. and then Jim goes, "Go ahead, back it up." It wouldn't start. Oh. So now the RV's in front of us facing straight. The car's dead behind it facing straight. So Jim has to take the RV and go down and find some place to turn around, come back. Now we're blocking the whole road. And now we've got to jump it with the RV. And then the question is, okay, now that we've jumped it and we've let it run for 45 minutes, will it start again? At that point, again, she was smart enough to, to say... After you get the RV set up, let's pull the Jeep up right in front so the jumper cables will reach. And that was a good decision because it didn't start. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to replace the battery. In the, but I'm, I'm convinced that even though the battery was probably at the end of its lifespan anyway, always disconnect your vehicle, even if you're boondocking in the middle of a field and you don't have to. At least unplug it yeah. and, and disconnect the brake. Wow. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of a sad moment because... You know, when we're on the road traveling, we always think of you guys. You're on the road traveling, too. Yeah, we, talk, we talk a lot. We yeah, really yeah do. we do. And it's almost like having that camaraderie ship, even though you're in different parts of the yeah, country. Yeah, we don't cross paths too often. I know. Yeah, so. But you're going to head but, down to Florida, and you got a nice new house that you're well, going to move and, into. And, and you'll be traveling to Florida at some point soon. Right, and, you sure. know, we have a lot of friends down there. Yeah. And uh, at some point. 
you'll probably drink the Kool-Aid and end up there too. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> you never know. If, if Ed Esposito has yeah. anything to say about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor Ed. Yeah. But one last question. What advice would you give somebody who's thinking about doing this, going out, traveling for a couple of years, maybe full-time, whatever? What would you tell them? To remember that this is your home. Mm-hmm. I tried in the beginning to... Well, we sold everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. So we went through the things in our house and fitted the RV with as little as possible. And then we had an estate sale and sold everything. There were a few things that the fam that were important family things that I had my girls keep and so forth. But it happened so quickly that I regret not taking a better thought process of what to keep and what not to keep. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, accept the fact that you're here full time. You're not out weekend camping. You're not out there having, you know, cooking over the fire and having a really good time because in three days you're going back and can have a bath. It's your house. So you need to go ahead and have the things that make you happy. You need to decorate. You need to have things that help you along the way. And I think too, some of the gadgets we would laugh and see people with all these gadgets well guess what we got those gadgets now you know because when you want to start your fire and you can start it in that solo stove in two seconds flat and have a nice fire put the lid on it and go to bed as opposed to making it try to start it in the campfire site and you're cussing in the rain and it won't start and the woods wet you know so things like that before you go to bed yeah so i mean comforts are good Mm -hmm. i kind of think they're well worth it and remember if you're full-time that's your home right that's your home if you were to do it over again would you not have sold everything would you have saved some things in storage i don't think i would have done storage because Mm -hmm. we really researched into that and one of the people that we talked to said if you're going to put it in storage and that's not where you're going to be living again you're wasting your money every month and then you have to go back to that state to get it to move it to whatever state you're going to yeah, go true. to and, mm-hmm. and there's a good chance that when you do that you're going to look at it and go i don't want that anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah. That but thing. that yeah. was really hard for me the first year realizing that i did you know everything that i had i didn't have and i think it's going to be really interesting you should probably do a follow-up on us in about six months to see if we're still together <laughs> because <Uh-oh. laughs> well furnishing a new house from ground floor up yes because we've sold everything yes it's you know then you start looking at it and and just stupid little things like you know you want a new coffee maker you know and you're thinking well i had that really nice coffee maker when we lived in new Bern, and i sold it now i have to buy it again so there are some Mm. things that i wish we would have kept but i still think i would still say no storage Mm -hmm. i think i still would say that because that's three hundred dollars a month that i could put towards wine and then, <laughs> oh, then there's right. a, the, then there's the disparity in what we each think it's going to take oh, financially yeah. to furnish the new house oh yes yes, yes I'm, definitely. I'm shooting i'm shooting low mm-hmm. she's shooting high right and there's there's not a lot of middle ground there i know see when we have our storage unit once we do settle down and get a house we're all set 
You know, we, the only thing we don't have is a couch, but well, we wouldn't but the, need the that problem, right away. The problem That's, is your, your storage unit is here. If you decide to live in Texas or Florida, right now you got to pay to move that I stuff know, in addition to what I you've know. paid to store it. So that you know that's the other problem. But it still uh, might when, when, be when, the same amount. It still might. Well, what come, we would do is we'd get a U-Haul, right, and just fill up the U-Haul and drive it. Ourselves. Hey, I'm yeah, not like getting Mr. Triple Bypass. Oh, yeah, oh, no problem. We had two objectives when we started. One was to see the country and one and the other one was to figure out where we yeah. wanted to live uh-huh and so we fulfilled both of those and we found yeah, the place yeah. we want to live but we would if we had everything in storage in north carolina we'd still have to move it to florida somehow right. that's not cheap and as we found out when we moved a little bit of stuff that we did save to arizona moving companies aren't real reliable either there's one here in ohio that i could tell you stories about that uh managed to lose some of our stuff oh, what? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. oh my gosh i don't want to do that again jim it's your turn what advice would you give to somebody new at this somebody who wants to go out and travel and see america and do it in their rv i would say rent before you buy and know that you're still probably not going to buy the right rv the first time uh you know we thought 30 feet would be plenty well mm-hmm. it wasn't do a lot of research i thought i did a lot of research and then i learned a lot of stuff i, I would say you know, talk to people who've done it mm-hmm. more than anything. You know, reach out to you guys. Uh, right. You know, reach out to us. You know, or Facebook, email, Instagram. We're easy to get a hold of. Right. And you know, there's forums on Facebook where everybody asks the same questions over and over and over. But there's always new people coming in who don't know the answer to those really simple, basic questions. But I would say rent before you buy. Uh, to know what you want because we were just talking to somebody the other day who wants to go out and and see the United States not full time but you know a couple months at a time and he's talking about buying a class B and I said well you know if you're going for a week or a week and a half that's great if you're going to go for two or three months you're six one yeah (laughs) that's not going to work for you because at some point you know you're going to want a good shower you're going to want a you know a comfortable bathroom and you know while class B's are great for a lot of things I don't think living in one full time is, you know, is, is going to work out for you, mm-hmm. especially, you know, when you've done pretty well in life and have a nice house and, you know, you can afford the Mercedes. That's great. The amenities, though, in a, you know, in a class B, it's just not very big for a long period of time. So you may want to look at a class A. Right. You know, you may want to look at a class C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think if we rent, we're going to rent a class C mm-hmm. because after seeing some of the class C's that we've seen, they're oh. pretty nice. Yeah, they are. You know, and then you take a look at people who go out and they get those big fifth wheels. It's like you're pulling a condo. You are. Yeah. (laughs) And you have to have the right truck to do it. And even though they've, and again, everybody's different. I look at the people with with the big fifth wheels and all they have to do to set it up. And when the weather's bad, now granted, there's a lot of push button mechanisms like we have in ours where, you know, it happens pretty quick. But there, there's still a lot that goes into that mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, in a hurry, you can just unplug this thing, start the engine and take off right? and get out of harm's way, whatever it is. The inside of the fifth wheels, though, oh, boy, oh, boy, are they nice they and they're are. big and they're roomy and so yeah, they're, nice. they're fantastic. But mm-hmm. on the other end, you've got, you know, you got to have a 50, 60, $70,000 vehicle to pull it with. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to circle back in about six months. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and find we'll, out. We'll be in Judge Wapner's courtroom. <laughs> right. There's, there's a dated reference. Kids, ask your grandparents who Judge Wapner was. <laughs> it, we could do the over-under. How much do you think we'll spend? I do have a spreadsheet. In fact, we she's recently bought some stuff we need to add to it. So we're keeping a running total of what the, That's a good idea. What the new house is going to cost oh, us. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, 
a pleasure talking with you. Yeah. A pleasure yes. traveling with you. Yes. yes, and it's been so fun to be next door neighbors here while we've I been know. in Ohio. I'm this so has been glad. fun. I'm so glad we were able to meet up again. Yeah. Yes. Great. And we're we're gonna be down. We'll, yes. we'll see you, you down best. the road. Yep. Ed's yeah. got guest rooms. We've got guest rooms. Yep. Yeah. And then I could do the famous. Oh, would you like to come to our house and take a real shower? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But we have a shower. Uh, we have a bedroom. Everybody asks us I that. I that. I just think that's the that funniest funny? thing. That, that's another thing is the perception people have of what we're doing. Versus, yes. you know, we, we get the, how do you take a shower? How do you get your mail question all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're real simple answers. I mean, if you've never been inside one of these RVs, you need to just go to a dealership and, and start walking around and taking a look at them because they're they're amazing. I just want a bathtub. I'm just still waiting for a bathtub. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I yes. just miss my bathtub. Do you bath have one so in ba- your new house? Yes, ma'am. Good. Oh, good for you. Oh, I'm going to send you a wine list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We'll we're there. done. <laughs> maybe good luck we to you will guys. Stay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe you will take a shower. I yeah, bet. right. Take her with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you what, Jeff, I'm going to miss them. It's fun seeing them on the road and really talking to them about all our stuff. And It's just nice knowing that you've got some good friends doing this. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a comfort zone. It is, but I'm so happy for them. And uh, we got to get down there and see what they're doing. See, right. Check out their house. And visit them in Florida. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of this. You yeah. drive around the country and you visit all your friends. Yeah. You know, it was kind of a surprise when they told us that they got a house in Florida. I think Melinda was ready to stop. Yeah, probably. You know, Jim can keep going, like they said, but, uh, yeah. you know, I think that... Um, you know, uh, something else. We've got a couple of other friends who just surprised us. Oh, yes. And they found a place to live. Yes. And in an upcoming episode, I'm sure we're going to feature them. Yeah. Because they have a very unique place that they're going to live. Oh, yes. And it's not Florida. Right. So you ready to find a place to live? No. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're going to keep have, Yeah. I still have some things I want to see. Maybe another year. We'll find out. We'll yeah. get back on the road. I mean, we've taken a few months off with my surgery, so yeah. we're aching to get back on the road. Oh, we are. It'll be weird to see how it feels because it's been so long since we've yeah. been moving. We've been sitting here for three months now, so yeah. it's because of your surgery. So it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready to rock. Yeah. No doubt about it. Hey, that's it for this episode. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another And until then, enjoy every day, whether you're living in a home somewhere or you're traveling and living on the road. One of these days, we're going to find ourselves a home, right, Jeff? That's right. We will. I just hope it's not way up in Alaska. Oh, wait a minute. I'd love that. (laughs) That would be awesome. It's too far away. Moose, bear. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Fish, fresh salmon. Ooh. It's the Rockin' the RV Life podcast with Jeff and Patty. Hear more of their adventures on the road with our next episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and tell your friends.